and welcome to Seize the GM. If you're looking to get started GMing, we're here to help. And if you're a GM with a few levels under your experience belt, we are here to help you find your prestige class. Let us take you through some common questions, concerns, and the fun challenges that every GM will face. We have our ideas, our opinions, and some might even say answers that we want to share. So pull up a chair, dust off your dice, and let us help you seize the GM. Welcome back to another episode of CCGM. It'll be fun, crazy. I think we're missing somebody. I think so. Well, you know what? Real life gets in the way sometimes. That is true. So, Gardemanger, we love you. We miss you. We hope everything's on track soon. Just know yep. that we love you. Until then, we will be uh, taking you through a really cool topic that actually was a... Um, Patreon suggestion? No, it was not. It was just a regular listener suggestion. Even better. Yeah. Because this is, I'll be honest, I like this topic because, well, for me, it feeds into my love of horror aesthetic. Yeah. So, guys, like, suggest stuff. It might actually become a a totally kick-ass show topic. So, you guys have creativity and, and thoughts and ideas. And we'd love to hear them. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I believe the uh, suggestion came from uh, Mana Covenant on our Discord server. All right. Mana Covenant, three cheers for the awesomeness. Okay. So the main topic which we are going to be discussing today is cities as more than just silent backdrops. And I think we ought to expand it just a wee bit, not just cities, but kind of your world itself. Well, you know, it can be applied to certain things. It can be, but this was specifically like cities or like like specific locations. They don't have to just be that, oh, this is the backdrop of where you're at. Exactly. The only thing that matters is the, the characters. Like, the location can actually become a character too. Well, think so. about it. I mean, we're we're human, but the thing is, like, I mean, we've we've all been driving down the road and like say, "Go, goddamn it, fuck you, you goddamn pothole!" And we start cursing at the pothole. The pothole is an inanimate object, yet we're cursing at it like it's a ki- like it's an active thing that can hear us. Yeah. Or we've start gotten on our knees and that are bargaining with the toilet that's starting to overflow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, you've done that. You look at it, come on, dude, go back down, go back down, go back down. <clears throat> Don't deny it, we've all done it. Yeah, well. But the thing is, though, that when it comes to, you know, or the thing is like when, when you know, you're at a park and you push the button and the water comes up and smashes you in the eye and then it just kind of goes down for a little bit. It's like, aha, gotcha. But the thing is like, it's because you don't just affect the city and it's not just like static. The city moves. The city does things. It, it's a, it's a dynamic organism for lack of a better term. Yeah. And we, as humans, we, escro- the thing is like for very static objects that we don't interact with or we don't have interplay with. 
you know, so we're, you know, we're dry, like, go, I'm going with the road again because this happened to me. I was picking up prescriptions. It's like, God damn it. That fucking light is always out to get me because it's always red, always red. No matter what I'm doing It's like, no matter where I am, how far back, I always hit it on red, no matter what. Yeah. But the thing is, though, I'm ascribing is like that. That thing is plain is being an asshole to me. But, you know. It's not. But the other thing is also, I'm not cursing at the green lights, and I'm not even really acknowledging them. Right. It's because it has an effect. Yeah. And if you think about also in, I'm going to use like, all right, because because also almost everything also has a, a story that, like, you go to a haunted house, okay, or you go to you go to like a, a have you ever been to a ghost town, like a real ghost town? No, actually, I don't think I have. I have. And the thing is, though, that if you go to a ghost town and and it's actually it, it's a real I don't even remember it. I was I was very young. I was around 10, 12 years old at the time. And we went in and it, it was it was like kind of like a museum thing. It was set up as a museum, but it was still all open. They kept everything kind of. They didn't do a lot of restoration. They did stuff for stability, but they didn't like put in lights. They didn't put in a lot of, and they tell you the stories about it. And you start thinking about it as, so as you walk in, it's like, all right, if you just saw it, you think, okay, Daryl at town. But once you start hearing the stories about it and your mind starts thinking of it as, oh, this is a piece of history. Here's the stories of the people that lived in it. And the stories of the people that lived in it, it kind of, influences it because the one we went to was an abandoned mining town specifically gold but the thing about the town though is every the thing is the population really had this kind of code of honor you know they like you were not allowed to have bullshit going on there so once you learn about the town you're walking in there and you kind of have that feeling as of like you know what? Everyone here is a good dude. So the the place feels very old, but kind of like an old grandma giving you a hug. Yeah. And I went to another one that, you know, had a lot more uh, firefights. You could see the bullet holes from, you know, gunfights and stuff like that. And they told the story. Yeah. So every creek kind of put you on edge. Sure. See, and, and this is one of the things, like, specifically with cities, like, in role-playing games, cities generally, the way most people do them, is as a placeholder. Mm-hmm. Now, can it be and should it be more than that in your game? Most definitely. Because if you're designing your city like from scratch because you're running a fantasy game or even a, a modern or a science fiction game, you're building everything. So you have the chance to really make that city like come to life. And the thing and is way more than just that little weird backdrop, like oh, indeed. You know, cardboard cutouts. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing. Cities also, like I said, they are not static. So, you know, you don't have to go super deep. I, Zen, I know you love doing this, but you can go deep and give it. It's just like, Hey, you know what? Maybe sixty years ago, this was this was the kind of town it was. You don't have to go super detailed, but if you can give it a history of oh, what yeah. it was before, and actually, 
there now hold on there is a great example of not doing that but having a city that is totally alive if you have ever seen the 90s movie dark city oh god that city is literally alive yeah but that's it's the thing is like the city itself was a character and exactly. here's the thing, though. You can do that and actually have it be uh, one of the antagonists, protagonists, however you'd want to put it, within your game. You don't have to. You don't have to have it, have it be a full-fledged character, but you have to give it an ability to breathe. And yeah, It has to be more than just a cardboard cutout. Yeah. And the thing is, it's the, the characters, a lot of the times that you put in it, that give it that. And I'm, go- I'm going to reach back to something I learned from... Um, from an extra credits history, uh, an extra credits uh, episode on uh, horror and its places of horror. And one of the things is that as in war games, they brought up the idea that, you know, okay, just if you're just walking through a meadow, okay, it's like, all right, fine. But if it becomes a battlefield, you know, certain aspects become their own characters. Like, and you'll hear like the soldiers, you know, the fight for that goddamn hill, or they'll give it names, and and the how they describe it becomes a lot less about the landscape and a lot more about the character, the smell, the feel, the the touch aspect of it. Yeah. So that's the, exactly. the and that's the one thing that I, I think when a lot of people are describing the towns and the cities and the worlds and all these other wonderful things that are in and what are making, you know, the town that you're in, you don't want to like certain words for static to show like, okay, this place hasn't really changed in a bajillion years, you know, use words that kind of reflect that. This is one of the other reasons we give you lexicons, nudge, nudge, but (laughs) you want to use words that have a connotation with them, that have a feeling with them. If I if I said, uh, you know, if it, it was dusty and musty and and you know very still, all right, it, it gives this just almost like static, unnerving feel. But mm-hmm. or if I just say eh, it's dirty and dusty, you know, right. and I don't, you you have to you have to use the kind of words that are used that are you would use for you know living creatures. Fierce, you want to use words like, or demure, things that you would assign to people or animals or, or heck, no. you know. Mm-hmm. That, that is a great way. Now, there's another thing that you can do to help bring cities to life. And that is, you do need to kind of dig down into it. And a really easy way to do that is to have things like districts or neighborhoods in cities or mm-hmm. locations and have it where each of them feel kind of different. Yep. Because I, if you're in New York city, like if you're in Soho, it's not the same as being in, in like central park, you know, central park. Yeah. You know, it's a completely different feel versus like fifth Avenue. Mm-hmm. Now everybody has a very distinct impression of what those areas are supposed to feel like. Mm-hmm. That's what you want with your cities. Now, 
an easy, a really easy way to do that is doing things like celebrations and festivals that happen in each of those areas. You see that a lot in Japan. Going into exactly, like the big penis festival. <laughs> you had to bring that one up. I, I was I trying to keep it classy. I was. I, I was not. I was going. I was going low. Okay. <laughs> I was getting that real low hanging fruit. Oh dear God. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, this is why I love you, sweetie. They have lots of other ones, too. That's, you know, but that's a really easy way. Now, some places could be like these super bright, sterile locations. Yeah, you see like a lot of new areas, like freshly developed. Maybe not. No, that that could be one of the ones, you know, it's like, yeah, the freshly developed or the ones that, and you see this. You can actually pull this off if you like, you had it broken up by like districts and towns. One thing you can also do is break it up by socioeconomic classes. You know, you know, you yeah. have the slums, the gutter, blight town versus dry, bright town versus <laughs> versus Lordran. I'm sorry, been playing too much Dark Souls. <laughs> but the thing no, of it but- is, like, if you look at Lordran, it, it is bright and shiny, and, and you know, you know, sunlighty. Yeah. You know, but you go to Blight Town, which is everything's trying to kill you, poison, dear God, don't breathe, and everything's rickety as fuck. Yeah. Now, this is all, like, these are just some really broad stroke concepts and ideas that we're using here. Mm-hmm. Now, once you I- kind of have some of these neighborhoods and ideas, start populating it with people. Don't do a whole lot. Don't do a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Because if you do a whole lot of them, what can happen is is you can get burnout just in creating people. Oh, yeah. Players will never interact with because they don't want to. No, but it's the, you know. So you have like a few, keep them around, keep them in your back pocket so that you can easily pull them out and just drop them into a location. Mm-hmm. And if you just want to kind of give an idea is also like there's going to be like a, a, a lot more people in the city than you're going to create a character for. But the thing is, is like, OK, why are a lot of people here? Is like, is this like mm-hmm. a safe area or is did is something happen or is it just a poor area and the people that live here can't afford to leave? Yeah. You know, because if you give that, it's like. You know, if it's if it's a very poor area, but people are really content to live there because, you know, there's family and everyone still survives and everyone works as a community has a very different vibe and feel of the of the town itself, because things will look old and and beaten up, but they're still very well maintained versus a no one can leave. And everyone's still trying to get out because at that point, everyone's just kind of pooling their resources, doesn't want to do anything. It's Uh that same kind of an idea. So yeah. you, you have like, so, and here's the thing is like when you're creating those characters, everyday Joe and James, but here's the thing is like, if people that, you know, I don't want to think like the notable NPCs, but if you were a dude that was living in the town, who would be one, like a couple people that everybody would know of, right? you know, and they don't have to be like the mayor or something like that, but they oh. could be the, they could be the local entertainer. They could be. Uh, the guy at the bar that actually is willing to experiment, and make some cool food, you yeah. know, something, 
something that would kind of reinforce the the town that you're in. And the yeah. one thing also is, you know, in giving the history and the population, you want that to linger. You want like events to linger, like that excitement after like the giant penis festival, as you brought up, you know, everyone's laughing and having a great time. And then when the people are gone, the remnants of the party they left behind, you know, some streamers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, the, the little things like that, the decorations, or I'm going to bring this up downtown where I live, which is right outside of uh, Washington, DC. During Christmas time in the old town area, not too far away from me, they really deck it out wonderfully for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. But the one I remember one time was around to be we getting back from some event and it was around two in the morning. There was nobody on the street and it had just started to snow. And I'm looking around, the lights are still on, everything's still up because it's it's close to Christmas. And that warm, almost uh, it's a wonderful life kind of a feeling. You you felt kind of seeps in, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it you can make it wonderful. You can make it you can make it ominous. But the thing is, and if you really want to start messing with people, is and we had this in Deadlands, and damn it, it was creepy as hell. Is you. Describe the town and you have the stories of everything else. You know, this was a bloodbath. You know, everyone's bloodthirsty. This was horrible. This, like, all these stories. And then they get to the town and it's the exact opposite of all the it's stories. So, oh, yeah. And we yeah, got there you know, and we don't expect anymore. Yeah, because we get there, we're expecting to, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a gunfighter and I, I shoot people and I shoot people a lot and I shoot them in the head because it's the only way to be sure. And yeah. I'm getting there, and I'm I'm outside town limits, taking beads on things. And we have one of the guys run back up. Is like they're nice. It's like someone offered me lemonade. What's going on here? <laughs> that's you know, great though. Uh huh. And that's just it. It 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 threw you for a loop. You weren't sure how to approach it anymore. Mm-hmm. But that city still stands out to you. Exactly. Even years you ago, want cities to stand out mm-hmm. and and make them feel like they are something like a character, but not quite a character. Because they're you're an entity. They're an entity even of themselves. Yeah. And the one thing is also is ah. even if you want your towns to be, you know, there are there. People can actually work very hard, like the, the townspeople, to make their town as bland and nondescript as possible. And that doesn't mean that it is a bland city. And yeah. it is like the city itself is bland. It's There's a specific aesthetic that people want. Well, maybe yeah. why do they want that? That might be something interesting, you know? It's like if everything is glamoury and glitzy and diamond and shiny, and a couple miles down the road, there's this, old, there's this town that kind of reminds you of 1950s Americana. You know, yeah. the white picket fence and, and, you know, the Corvega or whatever the hell, something like that. And it's like, it's also a wonderful way to to give your world and your campaign a lot of variety with not a lot of uh, stats and dice rules. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't need that for this. 
Mm -hmm. so. And here's the best thing. You actually might find out that some of your PCs, you know, it's like some of them might find out. It's like, hey, you know what? Everyone seems to have a lot of fun if they are in, you know, uh, you know, like a, a, a very frenetic town with a very frenetic pace or another one where, you know, it's like a lot of people or it's like uh, a university and there's a lot of studying and knowledge is just like, oh, great. They're stuck at Arkham. But, you know. Some it, the things like by introducing different cities that have their own different flavors, you'll actually be able to see how your character, how their your characters in your game react to each of them. It's just like as if a guy's in a, a place of learning, your barbarian's gonna get a little edgy, but you might find out it's like, wow, oh dude likes war stories. And that might be, yeah. you know, it's a way to also help your care your players. If you're starting them off and they're still learning and they they haven't gotten a lot of the full backstory done. You know, it's just like, hey, it's super barbarian. But then he found out he really likes like war stories and storytelling. So he taught himself to read so he could read those stories. Yeah. But he still has to ask like the librarian, what does this word mean? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it there's so much. The thing is like, and, you know, there's always that trope. It's like, OK, same small town, same small tavern. This is where the guys meet. Yeah. All right. Well, why? OK, you know, why aren't you meeting at a dock? You know, why aren't you meeting at the dock late at night? You know, that's when your ship came in because there was a, a storm and you guys got delayed. It's a very different atmosphere. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And and so, like I said, this is we we have just barely even touched this subject, which we will probably be coming back to it again because I really have some more ideas. But we are about out of time, so we are going to. But here's the thing. If you want to hear more about this or or offshoots or 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 you know forks based on this kind of a topic, you know, let us know. Get in touch with us on Discord because we're not gonna know exactly what you guys want to hear about unless you tell us. And if somebody gets a great idea based on this, let us know. Because yeah. we'll be honest, we always love getting new ideas because well, it's just the three of us, and there's only so much, you know, brilliance that we can come up with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you can find us. I'm going to go ahead and do the, the, you can find us on almost all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. As we've said a couple of times now, we've got discord. Mm -hmm. And if you guys feel like throwing a couple of bucks our way, we've got a, a we have a Patreon and a Patreon. So, mm. if you guys yeah. feel like doing that, do that. If not, cool. But they said we yeah. we don't gatekeep anything. No. Yeah, we put all of our episodes out there so everybody can listen. So that's what we love. Yep. All right. So what are we rolling into next, my friend? Our lovely step love. System neutral pieces that can be worked into an ongoing game or inspiration for your next big game event. Okay. I'm going to go first. Okie dokie. All right. Dreamlings of Sorrow. The feel of tears running down your face are almost the only thing that you can feel. The sound of the pen scraping across paper is the only sound that you can hear. 
The breaking of a heart is a powerful and painful thing that can drive the fire of creation. Does it matter what's created? Not as long as there is emotion and very powerful emotion called forth by it. The act of breaking a heart is something that when it is done by the dreamlings, when and how they want, do they think like the rest of us? No, no. I don't believe so. They pull power and life from the act of a loss. They're able to drive the broken to create things of wonder and beauty and power. Sometimes the broken create things that are so powerful that it can become stuck in the heart and souls of some of the people that witness the outpouring of these emotions. If enough people can feel the truth of the creation, that can be the creation of a new dreamling. Oh, that is, dude. Oh my, I am, I am, yeah, pretty much. Wow. Okay. That, that's a little gut wrenching. Yeah. And the most, but the thing is like, almost out of destruction can come creation. I love it. So, yeah. And uh, if you want to find out what, you know, they, uh, how to use, how you can use them theoretically in any game. Go ahead and check out the doobly-doos because, you know, they will be in there. All right, mm-hmm. what have you got? <clears throat> the glow. Beaten and bloody, exhausted and wretched. Each breath brings the echo of pain. With raspy breathing, you slump down against the wall. The tendrils of despair are omnipresent. Thinking back to your quest, your promise, your solemn oath. The obstacles seem insurmountable now. Harsh, unyielding reality has set in, and with it, the despondence. It is fate. It is inescapable. You will fail. The path of your retreat is barred. Whether by magic or by your own misguided force of will, you do not know. All that is assured is oblivion. Yet in that moment, your soul screams out in mutinous aggression. It resonates, building upon itself, wave upon wave, calling out to others who have felt the same. Then you feel it, a warmth, gentle, like the sun at dawn. A golden glow hums just beyond your reach. You extend your hand. The smoldering embers of who you are reignite. And the glow whispers to you. Though we have all faced different ordeals, our journey is the same. Rise, dear sister. You are not alone. The glow's blessing takes many forms. Some have been blessed with nigh invulnerability, while others have had near-fatal wounds healed. Some have been gifted with artifacts of power. Some have been blessed with the knowledge of unique tactics and strategies while others have had phantoms of gold appear beside them willing to charge into battle. The glow is the embodiment and the blessing of the soul's last howl of defiance and glory. And you stand once more. Nice. Thank you. (laughs) That's good. I've been doing too much Dark Souls. (laughs) 
it, yeah, but it, that one kind of ripped me apart. I couldn't even read it for two days because I yeah. get choked up. Yeah, uh, I had to uh, put myself in a really dark place to write what I did. I don't like doing it very much. So oh, that's where I live, dude. <laughs> yes, but that one went really dark for me. Mm. So it's it's right. kind of strange what what drew what exhausted both of us. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's like, yes, I can go to that dark place. I live there. And you, it's oh, just yeah. like, I don't like going there. And me, I'm like, I went to something that was optimistic and it destroyed me. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, can, I can be right there with you. And I try to not live in that place as much anymore. So. Um, I guess it was kind of cool. We both really went to a place that's a little difficult for us to do, but came up with some art. Yeah. All right. And speaking of art, the word is extremely powerful. So what do we got for our next segment, my friend? Well, that would be our amazing lexicon. An uncommon word that helps improve your descriptions with a bit of information about those words as well. Okay. All right. You ready for this one? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do we got? Lemon. Sugar or nope. exploding and throwing them at people's houses. I'm gonna burn your no. house down with the lemons. No, as in spelled L E M A N. I thought that. Ooh. <laughs> uh, okay. Right. Darn right. it! I thought I got one. You ready for this? <laughs> yeah, go for it. All right, it's archaic. Definition is a sweetheart or lover, especially a mistress. That actually, that would work. Mm -hmm. that actually, yeah, I, okay, okay, I get that. I get that. Okay. So the history and etymology is actually very short. It's from Middle English, uh, lefman or lemon from leaf. And its first known use is the 13th century. Are you kidding? No. Okay, that fits. It's an old word. Well, the cool thing. Why. Well, the cool thing about that is, if you're creating some documents and stuff like that, or putting, let's just put it this way: lemon, and you can you can a lot of things rhyme with lemon. So yep. you could put like rhymes and cool like riddles and stuff. Just make sure you show everybody what it is so that way they don't make the same mistake I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pronounced ex almost exactly the same way. It's like, it's weird. Like, I was like, I better check on that because at first I was like, oh, it's lament, you know, like lament. Or lemon. Or lemon, right. And it's like, no, it's lemon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good thing I checked that. No, oh God, that would have been embarrassing. Yeah. So it is, <laughs> its popularity lookup is, unlike the last couple that we've done, which have been in the uppers, this is in the bottom 30% of words. I'm not surprised. <laughs> right, well, you know. Oh God. It's good for the, for the, the brain to, to look up new words like this a lot. And I do. Oh, indeed. So. Indeed. And. You know, it's the, the nice thing about it also is that 
you know, if you're looking at it and you're just like, let's just put it this way. One, you're going to be terrific at crossword puzzles. Yeah. You really find good ones like for that. mm -hmm. But the other thing that kind of makes it kind of neat is if you start reading like older texts or texts that uh, are written by people who love history and the history of language, you might find find all kinds of cool uh, treats. Yeah. Yeah, because somebody will be like, I don't know what that word means. It's stupid. I'm not going to worry about what it means. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you really should, because mm-hmm. language is powerful. Indeed. So, well. Uh, this is a, actually a pretty decent uh, pretty decent episode, my friend. Yeah. So, uh, so what do you want to do to wrap it up? Uh, tell other people of other cool stuff that's out there. Okay. What have you got? All right. Um, <laughs> I, can't, I, I stumbled across by at random happenstance. There's a dude named David J.P. Phillips. He's a public speaker, and he also teaches people public speaking. But, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah he's done TED Talks, stuff like that. But, every, you know, every one of the brother does TED Talks and yeah. But what he's done, he's created a YouTube channel. And what he's, start, and what he's doing is one he's going he's given like okay this is you know how to smile you know a smile that reaches your eyes you know but what he started doing is pulling up youtubers like some of the big ones and the most recent one was jack septiguy and he analyzes them from a public speaking point of view body language um tonal inflection stuff like that and the nice thing that i love about him is every analysis it's going into saying what is like with jacksepticeyes like it was the modulation and, and the the storytelling and, and the authenticity that and the body language that conveys it so the thing is is like these are some really good tricks to pick up if you're a, a gm or a storyteller or something like that and it's funny and the other thing that he does is some of the youtubers he's analyzed have done reaction videos. So he's reacting to the reaction videos and they're joking about doing a full inception, you know, inception thing. But the one thing that everyone said is just like, you know, his, his critiques though are all, he brings out the positive and he explains what's good about them and everybody's different, you know? So, and it was, it was really delightful. So you could figure out and with hearing the reactions of the YouTubers, they're like, what, and, they'll bring up something that sparks some of his interest, you know, like, Oh, okay. That's maybe why they're so engaged. So if you speak in a very monotone kind of thing, it's like, okay. But if you can, and then all of a sudden you go loud and soft, it's just like, okay, this is how I can bring the players in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I learned this. So I ended up binging all of his videos. He doesn't have a lot. He's very new to YouTube. So there's a lot of tips out there. So. All right. What do you got? What do you got? My friend. All right, so I started watching Dark Spot on Netflix. And this is a pretty creepy French piece of TV. Now, the reason why is not because I, you know, do actually enjoy creepy and slow burn kinds of things. Uh, What's really cool about it is the location in this 
in are, are you talking like where it takes place or where they yeah. filmed it's it's in a what's called a dark spot because there is no satellite coverage there is no cell phone coverage like they use old fashioned telephones because, Lord, it's like living in a faraday cage and it's a um it's a logging city and oh. the opening scene like you don't realize that the three people I'm it's going to spoil the very very beginning but as you're watching it you're not realizing that the three characters that you're seeing are police officers because they don't look like it because they're not like in America where a police officer is in a you know uniform and armed to the teeth and you know have a gun but like you don't they're wearing regular clothes so so actually that probably because it's probably so different from you know maybe not 20 30 years ago yeah you could you could pull it out and just place it puts us in the uncanny valley yeah it is but it puts amazingly. those of us that live in, in very metropolitan, it puts us in an uncanny valley. So, like, this is weird. Yeah. And it's I'm, really cool. And the opening scene is you think one thing is going to happen, and it's not that. I'll just leave it at that. But the opening scene is worth watching it alone. Watching scene in the show is worth watching. If you don't do anything else, just watch that opening scene. And then let me know what you think. So. I guess until next time, folks. We hope that uh, you enjoyed, you know, listening to us. And as always, if you have feedback, get in touch with us. Send us a message on Discord, Facebook, if you got ideas. Or if there's a topic that we kind of hit the broad top of and you want to see us really dive deep let us know yeah because we can do a series on stuff like that oh heck yeah and we've done it before Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so all right folks we'll see you all we'll see you all in the uh in the next show yeah so have fun get out there roll some dice folks Thanks for checking in. It was a blast sharing our thoughts and ideas on our time. We hope that you had a great time with us and could hardly wait to share the next show. In the meantime, let us know how you handled this topic in your own games. You can find us on most social media platforms, especially Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to follow us, search for Seize the GM. And if you just want to follow one of us, search for our names on the social media platform of your choice, or go to SeizeTheGM.com for convenient links. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted material referenced herein are held by the respective owners. No infringement intended and no claim of ownership is Once again, thanks to you, our listeners. We hope you gained some ideas for your ongoing games. Or the inspiration to run your first. Now get out there and play some games. Roll some dice. Be safe, and you'll hear from us again 
part two.